Hey everybody, I'm Dr. Andy Rourke and welcome to the Cone of Shame Veterinary Podcast. Guys, I am back with my good friend, neurologist extraordinaire, Dr. Carrie Journey. Dr. Journey is a boarded veterinary neurologist. She lives out in San Francisco. She is a fascinating person. She does a ton. She's truly a champion for mental health and wellness in veterinary medicine. Uh, her work with Not One More Vet is nothing short of inspiring. She is, uh, she's a fascinating person. She is a, a sculptor, and I mean a metal sculptor. She has the blow torches, and she does the stuff, and it is incredible. She works with stained glass, and she uh, she's an amazing cook. So those are all things. Now you feel like you know Carrie Journey, which is a good thing. Guys, let's hear more from Carrie Journey. And uh, I, guys, I got, I got a beagle I need help with. Let's get into this episode. This is your show. We're glad you're here. We want to help you in your veterinary career. Welcome to the Cone of Shame with Dr. Andy Rourke. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Cone of Shame. Carrie Journey, welcome to the Cone of Shame. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Always, always. Hey, I've got uh, another case that I think probably falls in your purview, and I was wondering if I could run it past you. Hit me. Hit me. All right. Here we go. I have got in exam room one a three-year-old female spayed beagle named Maisie. And Maisie's presenting complaint is not eating and screaming bloody murder. That those are those are the two things. (laughs) Not eating screaming like she's being killed. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um I yep. I think her neck hurts. She uh she's very dramatic. She really does not like me to move her head side to side. Yeah. Uh and and uh you know as I sort of palpate along her spine as I get up to her neck her whole body seems to seems to really tighten up. Fair. Fair. That's a that's a very common story and yeah, I I think I have that involuntary flex when somebody said says beagle with neck pain because that my ears just ring from the amount of baying screams i've heard in my career so yeah it's, are... it's noisy the the cat the cat vets are not happy with me right yeah, now i, I bet I'm trying to, i bet <laughs> yeah i'm trying to help them out but it's hard so neck pain in a beagle uh very common you know when i when i think about my beagle patients they are usually neck patients and uh when i talk to their owners i say hey this is probably one of two things um, it's probably either a slip disc, very common, and mm-hmm. we can talk about that treatment, or there's a condition that used to be called Beagle Pain Syndrome. It's got a much fancier name now, but Beagle Pain Syndrome is steroid responsive meningitis arteritis. So Beagle Pain Syndrome. And you know, of course, any dog can have a million different differentials, but if we try to narrow it down to two in a screaming beagle that's that age, Beagle pain syndrome and slip disc are, are my top two every time. Rank them for me. Uh, at three uh, years it's, old, it's are you one, thinking slip disc and a beagle? It's one, but but close second. Close second, the meningitis. Absolutely. And if they had a fever or something, meningitis goes up the list. So. Okay. All right. Perfect. So I'm looking for a fever. Okay. Perfect. Excellent. Okay. Um, how do you start differentiating these two things? I mean, MRI is probably going to be the, yeah. the best tool. Is there any pre-MRI screening to have an idea of what we're talking about? I, the, the fever is a big one. Um, and then the other thing that you can look for an exam, um, some percentage, I don't, I don't have the actual number, but let's call it like 20% 
right responsive meningitis, arteritis, SRMA dogs that we, we see also have a polyarthritis. So if you are feeling joints and feel a swollen knee or a swollen carpus or something like, then that one starts to head up the list. And you can diagnose those in your practice by doing a sedated joint tap. Just, you know, sterile prep, do a joint tap, culture it, and then send it out to the lab for cytology okay. and cell counts. And yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a diagnosis you can make there. And they're just, you know, you just immunosuppress them and they can do quite well. Okay. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's definitely doable if they've got joint effusion. Otherwise you realistically are talking about the big stuff you got to do. We do the MRI, we don't see the disc and we do the spinal tap to find the meningitis. So, so, so steroid responsive meningitis, mm -hmm. is it, is a treatment pretty much entirely immunosuppression? It, there's, yeah, it, yeah, I'm not going to kill this with antibiotic, anything like that. Correct. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, we, we, we do, especially in the specialty hospital, we like to cross all the T's and dot all the I's. So we run infectious disease titers and whatnot occasionally, but really, I mean, it's in the name, right? Steroid responsive meningitis arteritis. Yeah. It's convenient when they name the treatment right there. So, uh, yeah, it's mostly steroid. <laughs> insulin responsive diabetes, like I things like that. I just, I love it. You know, I got a lot of stuff in my head. It's good if I can just, you know, have the answer right there. So <laughs> we, we should adjust the naming of our diseases to make. We name the diseases based on the medication I'm supposed to use. It would make my life simpler. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, so do I. So looking at steroid responsive meningitis. Uh, it's not inside responsive meningitis. Exactly that. And does that lead you when you're looking at this dog, if they're not going to do an MRI, things like that, does that lead you to be more likely to put this dog on steroids than to put it on an insight? Uh, I, I would say that it's a conversation that I have. Um, okay. Because I, I come across quite a few owners, which, you know, kind of have a sticker shock moment of, oh my gosh, we'd never, ever do that. And then two weeks later, they're back for their recheck and it's an entirely, they've had a screaming beagle for two weeks and they have an entirely different financial plan in, in, in place. So, I mean, yep. for me, I do try with my conservative managements. I, I often start with the inset. I really do. Um, but I will tell you conservative management in neck pain in particular is just not something that works as well as it's, it's cousin, the T3L3 disease. So this is something where, you know, when I am presented with a dog with neck pain and they're dramatic, right? That mm -hmm. beagle can hear it from the parking lot, probably. Um, those dogs, they don't get better as, as quickly and well and respond to conservative management as the, the lower spine dog. So it's about, a you know, in a lower, in a, in a TL junction dog who's painful, we put them in a crate 80 plus percent of them are going to get better if they're just painful. Okay. Neck pain, neck pain, 50, 50 shot. It's a big dramatic difference. And yeah. I, I think, and this is just me thinking, I don't have a study to say this. I think that's because it's almost impossible to get a dog to stop moving their neck around. Yeah. Even in a crate, they're looking around. So they're not really resting it ever. Um, and so it just, it's, it's not as much of a, a good shot as, as the crate rest for, for the, the lower backs. So. Okay. That definitely influences how I would uh, talk about this. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think anything, uh, anything else. We talked about tapping joints. We talked about uh, steroids. I think the other treatment that that often comes into play when we're talking about neck pain is so often these dogs they they do that like flinch with their neck and they you can see those muscle fasciculations. So this is probably the only place that I really use methocarbamol a lot. So. 
reach for that often in the lower back, but in the neck I do, because I do think some of their pain comes from the, the muscle spasms that they're having. So methocarbamol helps sedate them a little bit so we can hopefully rest better. So. Okay, cool. Yeah. Are you, um, do you have a dose for methocarbamol? Are they, I remember 10 uh, mix for head, 20 mix for kid Q8, something like that. And then an NSAID. And then if they want, you know, another sedative, a trazodone, something like that. Great, great, great. And then gabapentin is the other thing that, you know, and I don't give every dog everything. It depends on how bad the dog in front of me is and how calm the owner seems to be. You know, sometimes we're helping the owner out too. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely, that's kind of my, my first round, uh, list. And then if they're back in two days, cause the beagle's still screaming, well then it's like, you know, really, honestly, the surgery works, right. you know, it's expensive. I know, I know, but it works. Um, and then if they can't, cause that's real life. Um, I wash them out of their inset and then we try a steroid thing. And this is a, this is a quick taper of steroids which okay. is different than we do for, for SRMA. So this is kind of one of those places of like, if I'm treating just neck pain empirically, I'm starting with Pred at about a mig per kick per day, and I'm tapering it over about 10 days. Okay. And so that's kind of what I'm doing. You know, every three days I drop it a little bit until it's gone. And uh, treatment for SRMA is immunosuppressive doses that you taper over six months. So that's a real different treatment path. And people are like, well, can't we just treat like that? If you have ever had a dog on immunosuppressive Pred, for more than a month, you know that that is not fun. That is not something we want to do empirically unless we are absolutely forced to, because it really is, you know, it has a lot of side effects. Yeah. It's not fun for the dog. So that's, that's a disease that I really like to know what I'm doing before I treat it because the treatment is not fun. You know, yeah. I want to be sure. So yeah, definitely. When this dog comes in with neck pain and the owners say, you know what, we just, you know, MRI, I just don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, they're going, there's a good chance. Let's just say hypothetically, they come around. Uh, a couple of days later and just sure. go, you know what? We went, we talked about it. He, he is in pain. Sometimes people just need some time to process. Absolutely. So, uh, say two days later, they decide they're going to do this. Is there anything that I want to avoid in that first appointment? So I don't tie my hands later on or screw myself up. I mean, I, I try not to give steroids in the first appointment if I can help it, because uh, that's the thing when, when we refer them and then I, as the neurologist, am trying to get a spinal tap to diagnose that meningitis. If they've been on a good smack of steroids, that spinal tap may be false negative. And so that's a, that's a challenging moment. You know, that makes my life hard. So I beg you as a neurologist, I love steroids, please. You know, if I had a child, this name would probably be prednisone, but I, I beg of you. Hold, hold, hold the line for a little bit before we reach for the roids. Yeah. Gotcha. That sounds like great advice. Uh, any other pearls, words of wisdom, things that I should have top of mind when I go talk to this person? I mean, I, I think, you know, with this beagle, it's going to be obvious, but I think the other neck pain thing to, to talk about, not for this case, because he's, he's, she's told us what she's got. Um, neck pain can be hard to find sometimes. Sometimes they come in for screaming for no reason and you can't find the neck pain. And I, I have a couple of tricks to find the neck pain there. Okay. Uh, the first thing is, you know, when we palpate the lower spine, we, we push from the top. Mm -hmm. That's how we do it. When we get to the neck, there's about four inches of muscle, and even on fairly small dogs before the spine, it, you get to the spine on the neck. So really what you actually want to palpate from the sides and you want to go in about the dead center of the neck. So I go from the sides and I push all the way up. Then we do, I, I call it dog yoga. Cause when you do this in front of the owner, they're like, what are you doing? You look like you're about to twist my dog's head off. And I'm saying, okay. we're just going to do some dog yoga. Okay. And I take their nose and I touch it to either side of their body. Normally a dog should do that. And they shouldn't. So you go, you go all the way to the side. All the way, all the way to the body. A normal dog can touch their nose. I mean, they, they groom themselves and stuff. Like they should be able to do that. And they shouldn't fight you. If they fight you to the left, but not the right, like 
hey, clues. Um, and then I take their head all the way up. And then if it's not a toy breed dog, all the way down. The reason I don't do toy breed dogs is sometimes they have an AA Lux and then you can make the situation a lot worse. Okay. And I So if they're not a toy, I take it, their chin all the way to their chest and I push in a little bit and then I pull up. It's just like kind of tuck and up move I do. And it puts a lot of stress through the mid neck um, and it really can find some like subtle neck pain. And then the final thing I do is when you're feeling the neck from underneath, get above the trachea and right in the back of the neck, you're going to feel two bones. That's the transverse process of C6. Yep. You can grab those bones and rock them a little bit. You know, just use your fingers and rock it back and forth. And that'll help move just the caudal neck. And you'll find caudal neck pain that way sometimes. And then I said final thing, but of course, one, one, one last thing. Ahead, please. Up in the armpits. Um, there are some diseases that aren't as friendly, like nerve sheath tumors, where the, the nerve tumor is actually in the brachial plexus up in the armpit. So we get up there and I really like get all the way up in their own parts and kind of like feel around in there, um, to see if we have any pain. What am I going to find up in the brachial plexus? Like I put my fingers up there. I mean, am, am I going to feel any abnormalities? Am I just going to uh, pain response? I mean, that's rare. I mean, in 10 years of being a neurologist, I felt one nerve sheath tumor. Most of the time when we've got something like that, you start sneaking your hand up into that axilla and they scream bloody murder and you're like, okie dokie. Well, there's the pain. So um, that's usually what you're after. Okay. Are thoracic radiographs going to do anything for me if, I, if I've got axillary pain? Uh, you know, I, I, they're not wrong to do. I think, you know, certainly we're, we're talking about a, a potential tumor diagnosis then and, and then staging is never wrong to do. Um, are you going to see that tumor on those rads? Probably not. Quite frankly, they can be hard to find even on MRI. But for sure, you know, it's usually an older pet. We're usually talking about big stuff. So staging is well and proper to do. Carrie Journey, you are amazing. Where can people find you if they want to learn more from you? Absolutely. Um, well, on Wednesday nights at 5 p.m. Pacific, we're hosting Neuro Rounds, mostly because I'm a big nerd and I love to talk about neurology. So if you come to the Journey Veterinary Neurology Facebook page, uh, you'll find links to register for those uh, those events. And I also leave the videos up on the, the page in case you just want to watch them. Uh, and then you can always find me at my website, journeyvetneuro.com. I've got client education handouts. I've got stuff about telemedicine. All that stuff's there. And, and I would love for you to check it out. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks for being here. My pleasure. Have a great day, everybody. And that's what we got to, for this episode, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got something out of it. If there's uh, something you want me to talk about on the cone, you can always shoot me an email. The email address is podcast at drindywork.com. That's podcast at D-R-A-N-D-Y-R-O-A-R-K dot com. Until next time, be well, be safe, take care of each other. Bye.